You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, everybody? Today's podcast and every podcast is brought to you by CasaTheRock.com. We have a lot of merch there. If you want to support us, the show, go there, cop some stuff, get some stuff for your girl, for your guy, for your dog or whatever. But um, you can also follow me at um, HoyaRock357 on Instagram. I always got stuff up about the show, about Madball and everything else. Um, definitely, we have some custom hats still available, so go get them while we have them. They're going fast. And um, you can also follow us now on Spotify and iTunes. You can also go to CasaTheRock.com. We, we, we put it up on there, too. So, And if you have any questions, you want to shout anybody out, or you just want to show some love, you can also email us at thesmokingwordpodcast at yahoo.com. Hit us up there, and um, we're going to do an email show eventually. But um, anyway, today's guest, my friend, New York Hardcore, OG, extraordinaire, the singer of my favorite hardcore band, Anthony Kaminali. All right. Welcome let's set this up. to the Smoking Word. Anthony, what's up? What's up? What's up, I'm brother? Nothing. I'm glad I got you because I, I thought this guy ain't going to try to hide from me because I need him. Yeah, I always, I, I, no one wants to hear what I have to say. Oh, well, you, of course they do. The front man of the greatest hardcore band New York City ever produced, my friend. Stop. I'm telling you, you first of all, who, I want to know who gets the, 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 the title for a biggest Raw Deal fan. You, always. All right. That's what I want. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. I always appreciate that. Nah, you know what's up. Um, we're gonna get into that because I got some questions about that. But um, what's up with you, man? How you been? What's up with all this shit, man? Um, what you been doing through all this shit, this pan fuckery? Yeah, just hanging out at home with the kids and you know going crazy, bored out of my mind. You know, just trying to stay safe. Yeah, crazy. Um, no work, right for you, right? No, I've been out of work uh, a couple months. It was because of the pandemic shit, or you already in transition or something? No, it was cause of, mainly because of the pandemic stuff, and then you know, not being uh, being overweight and stuff ain't going to help with that. If you got for me, we get that shit. So, oh, oh yeah, man, definitely, man. That's why I've been trying to get my sexy on. You know what I mean? You're always sexy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but how crazy? But um, so you've been home a lot. How? Believe me, man. I was about to go on tour when this shit dropped. The next thing I know, you know, I'm planning to be on the road for a couple of weeks. And then now I'm, I've been fucking locked down at home for fucking whatever, six, seven, eight months. Uh, crazy, right? Yeah, no, nah, it's awful. I, I can't stand it. I know. And it's, um, the good part is to spend some time with the family, but then that shit even gets old, right? Yep. And then you, know, you lost your mother during all of this. Yeah, man. So much shit happens, man. Yeah, you know, you know, even with that, man, like the one positive thing about that was I'm glad I was home. Because yeah. I always used to think, man, I'm going to be away on tour and I'm going to get that phone call yeah. and I'm going to be fucking. So, you know, it's it's fucking crazy. But um, the one good thing, another good thing about this whole shit was shout out to everybody who, who came out to my mom's wake, everybody who donated for, and looked out because, you know, it was right at the height of this whole, you know, phase one shit. Yeah. And fucking um, everybody, you know, people came out of the woodworks. You know, we were we were able to give a proper send off. So I know, I I was psyched, and I know she was. So God bless. But yeah, and fucking um, what? So what you been doing on your downtime? You what are you doing? Watching TV? You have to be doing something to fucking kill time. To watching kill porno. Time. <laughs> Killing time watching porno. Yeah, my hands are raw. Yeah, and when the the last time I saw you, when's the last show you guys played? Because I know you guys were doing starting to do some pop up shows. Was it the, that's what I was going to say, the one in Florida. Oh, yeah. It was a good send-off for now. You know, it was a great show. I enjoyed that. Yeah, Stage how fun guys, was that? Time. It was great. Fucking really all the animals, you know. Yeah, that was beautiful. The kids yeah. were fucking good. Yeah, and I was th I was thinking about, I always see um on Instagram, I see pictures of your sister, Barbara Ann, and I always remember about all the fucking parties we used to have at your house. Oh, the, yeah. 
the yeah. after after parties. Yeah, after Christmas, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. let me tell you, you guys had the best cakes and stuff. I was like, forget oh, about it. From Baldi's or Stasi's, how about you? Where you grew yeah. up? Yeah, I would go nuts over there. I was like, Jesus. I was like, a hundred different kinds of cakes. Me and Isaac would go there and we'd just be like, in NARC, we'd be like, what are we going to eat today? <laughs> that was the best. And fucking, um, but yeah, Queens, you know, uh, that's what I was going to get into too. How could, you know, being from Queens, first of all, what the hardcore scene in general, something about the war in Queens, you know, I, you know, Lower East Side this, Lower East Side that, but Queens produced some fucking muscle for the hardcore scene, right? What do you think it was? A lot of the early guys were from Astoria. You know, the guys from Crowd, you know, Murphy's Law. Uh, my, the, the first band I was in, uh, Gilligan's Revenge, uh, Dead Citizens, uh, what was it, Armed Citizens. It was crazy. I don't, I don't know what a, the mob was right from Jackson Heights, a couple blocks from my house. Jack Flanagan, rest in peace, absolutely. It's, it's, it's you know, I, I don't know. It's, they used to call it the hardcore hatchery. Uh, that it, it, it's, reason. it's fucking true and especially you know i always bugged out when i found out where you lived because i always thought you would be more in an astoria or bayside and you were more you know in, near my neighborhood you know you were more you know um, what, what was that considered that um east helmers what was that considered yeah, it's like they consider both you know sometimes if you tell uh someone it's jackson heights they're like ah that's not jackson heights they they consider jackson heights up by uh in the 80s and 70 by by the 74th street train station yeah, yeah, yeah. East Elmers. I always knew it as Jackson Heights, so. Yeah, that's what I was thought. Jackson Heights, East Elmers. But I was like, when I found out that, I was like, that shit gave me even more power. And I know um, Bad Trip was from around there, too. Remember uh, Marcos? Yeah, they were from, yeah, they were from uh, by McClancy. By yeah. Uh, Stiff. Yeah, Stiff. and they had the studio. Remember, they had a studio right around your old, you know. Um, like, but we had one on 31st Avenue. Yeah, so you're talking about right. I grew up up the block from that originally, and then we moved down down a block. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy. I remember they had. It's again. I always think about that because, man, that, that that little hub, that area. You know, you had that studio. You know, you were from that neighborhood. Um, Gorilla Biscuits had the house. You know, in Jackson Heights. Um, Numbers Records, one of the best oh, record stores for closet there. Yeah, yeah, Toby's closet room. <laughs> and that was another. I, I, how great was that? And but yeah, so all right, yo, Gilligan's Revenge. I always, you know, to let people know, there's a lot of people that love you guys, but they, you know, they know it from Killing Time on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I know about the Gilligan's Revenge, but how long was that actually? Because I didn't come to shows till like '88. That was already over with, you know. Yeah, well, I got into. I was like uh, the third singer for Gilligan's Revenge. I got in in '83. I was always a big fan. Jeez. Knew those guys from Astoria, and then. Uh, we turned into token entry around 1985, you know, to, to get a new, you know, like a, a new start. And then uh, I got thrown out in 86 after a, a mini tour of uh, California. And then uh, I got lucky and hooked up with the, the guys in uh, Raw Deal, you know, formerly Breakdown. And then. Uh, yeah. With that, so uh, how, so that, I didn't know Gilligan's Revenge was around that that long ago. And I also didn't know that you toured with token entry. Yeah, it wasn't a big tour. It was just, you know, we went out to California and played there for a month and a half. You know, it was... It was it That's was a fucking tour, yeah. my friend. Yeah, we stayed out in the Mission in San Francisco and, you know, went to sh- play all over from there. You know, and then we went down to L.A. and then uh, headed home. And um, before Gilligan, how, how did you find this hardcore shit, this punk rock shit? I know a lot of the, oh, the older school guys like you... Got in toward, got in more towards the whole punk rock movement, and then fell into the hardcore stuff. Like I came in because of my big brother, but also more through the metal thrash, and then hardcore stuff. Well, it was funny because I, you know, being from Jackson Heights, you know, you you know my neighborhood. It was like I was more into, you know, predominantly black Spanish. So I was into disco and stuff like that. And I went to uh, St. Gabriel's. Remember that? You know, we were yep. like the, the few white kids in the school there, and my sister. Around sixth grade, when I was in sixth grade, she got jumped by uh, some kids from her parents. Says, hey, we got, you know, got to get her out of there. So the only school they could find was this one in Astoria, uh, St. Francis of Assisi. So we wound up going there. And then uh, I was making fun. There was, they, they, they all used to make fun of me because I had, like, the shirt with the, you know, the old English letters down the sleeve, the Chinese jacket and all that, <laughs> that nonsense. And uh, he used to call me, like, you know, a winger and this and that. 
And then uh, some kid had a Sex Pistols patch on or a button. And so I was making fun of him. And then uh, it was like seventh grade. And then I go home a couple of days later and my sister, my older sister used to listen to uh, a college station and they played God Save the Queen. And once I heard, you know, God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols, I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I ever heard. And I took it from there. And then uh, in 1981, when I went to high school, freshman year, I ran into this kid, EJ Vaca, who saw I had a Sex Pistols patch on. He goes, oh, you're into punk? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, listen to this. It's hardcore. I was like, what the hell is that? And then I get home and it was like a group sex album and uh, Black Flag and some of the Discord stuff. And I was hooked. And then from there, it was just like, you know, boom. And then, I, like I said, uh, Gillian's Revenge was around and probably started in 1981. The original singer, uh, John Pappas, was in school with me. AJ from Leeway. Uh, I didn't know AJ was in that. Yeah, AJ went to school. No, he was in school with me. He oh, in the school. The okay. We had a little hardcore group. It was uh, him, Davey Gunner. Uh, all off and uh, Jose. So, you know, we had a little group of guys. It was pretty cool. And, and then um, you started playing with that. And what about um, Ernie, right? Wasn't he in that? Yeah, Ernie was the drummer. Yeah, he was in that. And then and then what happened with, from Gilligan's Revenge to Token Entry? How, what happened? Like, well, what was that? We, uh, Mick had joined the band right before I did. You know, he was a guitarist. He took over for Andy. And then... Uh, he left, you know, wasn't happy with it, so he left. And then uh, we had this other kid, Eddie Rossi, who was really like a, a Eddie Van Halen guy, and that wasn't working out. So, you know, he had to go. And then Mick joined again, but he said, I want to do a – I don't want it to be Gilligan's Revenge. I want it to be a new band, you know, like a, a new start. So uh, he wrote all new music. He joined and changed it to Token Entry. So – and then uh, me and Mick had problems years later, and that's how I wound up uh, – it was like kind of mutual agreement. I was about to – I wanted to leave, you know, he wanted, he was the one behind it. Like the other guys, Ernie and Johnny were kind of, and Arthur at the time were kind of against it. And then, uh, but being a songwriter and this and that, and I sucked on vocals anyway. I was like, you know, trying to do that punky, like, you know, whatever, just boring vocal style. So yeah. I got the boot. And then after that, how long was it before connecting with um, all the breakdown dudes? Was, how long was the gap that you were bandless? About a year, a year and a couple months. Oh, because, yeah, because for me, you know, your band was always that. That was my. That's my. That's my. My my top. My go to. You know, I'll, I'll I'll explain why also. But it all comes from, and it made a lot of sense because the sound, what I consider the New York hardcore sound from my era, the thing that gave it that swag, that jump. It all came from one breakdown song, and then you guys blew the door open. Sick People from yeah. Breakdown was the fucking song. Everybody out there, I'm going to say that. I ain't saying the Victim in Pain era, the Cro-Mag era, but for that mad ball, swag, head bop, like jumpy, that sounded urban but wasn't rap, was yeah. I remember hearing that song and I said, what the fuck is that? And then when I found, I got the Raw Deal demo for my brother, I remember hearing similar flavors and they were like, those are the guys from breakdown. And then I was like, okay, now, now we're talking them. What was it when, 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 what happened? What do you know what happened? How did you end up with those guys? Did Jeff, did the band break up? Did Jeff leave? Or what was the deal with that? You know, I really don't even remember the story. I remember running into Don once, you know, who was the, the guitarist in breakdown. And he had told me, he goes, Oh, you know, we wanted to get you for a singer, but we figured you wouldn't come up there, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Jeff is great. I mean, I love Jeff. Jeff is a great frontman. Great, great. You know, they all grow apart at that point. I, you know, I never really could figure out why. But I was, you know, happy about it. Not happy about it, but I was glad to get a chance to, you know, get in a, a new band. Because if that didn't happen, it probably would have been, you know, nothing at all. You know, so I was in some records and Dwayne said, oh, these guys want your number. So I called them up and it was like a... Uh, the day after Thanksgiving uh, in 87, me and you remember Mike Sankowitz? Yeah, of course. And then we went up there. I brought it. They didn't know he was coming. I brought him with me and he became the other guitarist. And, you know, we, we hit it off. And, you know, I love those guys. It's like usually, I mean, you know, you're, you're lucky you're in a band with guys you love. And it's, I guess most hardcore bands people do are actually friends. But, you know, a lot of times, band, you know, especially professional bands, they're like four guys, five guys that should never have met. Yeah. You know, they hate each other, but, you know, they, they're good together. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, so, so, oh, so you brought Mike into the band. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. For some reason, I thought he was 
Yeah, I don't know what the fuck did I thought. I didn't know he came in through you. Yeah, they weren't expecting it. <laughs> yeah, and who was the guys back then? Who was the who was that that squad? That first squad of of of, of raw deal. Uh, it was Carl. It was everyone except Jeff. Well, everyone except Jeff and uh, Don. Don was the other guitarist, but you know they had and, two guitars, so it was Carl, Drago, and Rich. Yeah, great. Oh, damn. Again, it's great that you still got those guys. You know what I mean? And you know that like. And that they all still love to play, you know, when they get to play because, um, you know, to, to still be able to want to do this years, years later, you know, it's a labor of love because there definitely ain't millions of dollars involved. You know what I mean? I, like, I mean, you guys and Cigarette All and Murphy's, and they, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it. Out all, I mean, I'd love to do a tour, but I, I just can't fly. I'm scared to death. So. Yeah, I know. We've been trying to fuck. We've been trying to get you. Facebook, you're flying here. You're flying. Like, how do these guys do it? I know it's easy. You get in a plane and the plane does all the work. You know that, right? It ain't like we got to do this shit. You know what I mean? As soon as that door shuts and they, they rev up that engine, I start <laughs> grabbing everybody, grabbing everything. Let, let me ask you this. So uh, when you first got up there, how many, um, did they have a bunch of songs already? The, the first, you know, those first uh, raw deal. Did, first of all, the raw deal, did, you, did they have the name already or you didn't have a name yet? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the name was, they had the idea of the name or the name was there. And when I went up there, they already had, uh, you know, the, the, the demo was basically, they had all that stuff already prepared. Oh, they did. Okay. I got up there and uh, they already had the lyrics for most of the songs. I wrote a couple, you know, a couple lyrics. And actually our first show was probably a couple months after that. And then our second show was... Uh, was uh, the Super Bowl of Hardcore. Like at the, I guess that was the first one at the time that I think Chris Williamson put on. So, I mean, right from the start, we were lucky. You know, I think our first show was, uh, might have been with Sick of It All at CB's. And then I think we went, we did that, uh, that Super Bowl. And like I said, we were very fortunate, which was nice because coming from Gilligan's Revenge, Token Entry, Token Entry was like kind of, uh, we were on a border of, of the old hardcore and where you said like the metal was coming in. Yep. So we never really had a great fan base. But towards the end, when I, uh, when I left, they, they started getting, you know, popular. So, but I was shocked from like, right from the beginning, Raw Deal was like, you know, it was people, people enjoyed it. Thank God, you know, so it made it easier yeah. for a singer or, you know. Yeah, no, it was definitely, I think it was that, that's like, you could, you could pinpoint the spot where, you know, um, the old school and the new school met, but still it wasn't metalcore, you know what I mean? Or it wasn't. It was crossed over, but not even crossover like cause for alarm crossover. Yeah, no. That, 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 yeah, it was his own. That's the shit that I loved about it. That I I loved metal always, and you guys had metal, but it wasn't metal. You know what I mean? It was it was something else. Yeah, it was more in the more in the old like kind of uh, I guess uh, um, Black Sabbath type of metal meets you know hardcore. So it wasn't like Metallica meets hardcore. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. There was like no thrash, maybe um, uh, rock. More yeah. the, the the rock um um, um part of metal yeah, than the fucking thrash, and um the lines are drawn that track forget it I you know that demo I, I hate when people talk oh the demo the demo but that's definitely one that you know that you know you know those people oh it's the demo I like the demo yeah, it's nostalgia yeah yeah because I personally with the Chromac demo I don't like the Chromac it's hard but I like the album but again Simple, I love the album I, I love the album. I, I I agree with that. Yeah, you know, but I, I get it, you know, the rawness, but that the that raw deal demo, forget it. And, and I always loved the art, you know, you guys had the gray shirt. Nobody had the gray shirt, you know. Oh, the, the, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's stuff like that that sticks out, especially in hardcore, the T-shirt, you know, the yeah. AF boots, the bad brains, the lightning bolt, the chromags with the fucking, the mushroom cloth, and you guys with the death dealer or whatever, the, you, you know, the, the joker and the, the gray <laughs> shirt. That shit, if I see a gray shirt, with white, you know, letters and black. I said, oh, they, they, you know, that's a raw deal, you know. <laughs> Fucking um, black. But let me ask you this. When, when you had those songs, like, what was the talk? Like, okay, I know it from starting a band. And, you know, from being in the beginning of, of new bands, you always say, um, yeah, we, you know, we want to be something like, like with Mabble. Mabble was always, yeah, we had a touch of AF, a touch of Chromags, raw deal. And some Judas Priest metal, you know, with the the, the palm muting, the digga 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 gang, and that's basically Chromags. You know what I mean? Yeah. That style of it. Who were the guys that you 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 guys were like 
feeding off of when you when you when when you were you know like you said you had a bunch of those songs from the demo, but now you know you're, you're a band. Who were the guys that you 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 used as your ingredients for your remedy? I mean, me, I, I could speak for me, and I would say more like a John Brandon vocal style. You know, I always thought he was probably one of the top you know hardcore vocalists. Um, as far as uh, the music, I mean, that's more call. And I would, I would consider probably more like a classic, like a Black Sabbath. And, you know, I, I, he never really threw in any of that. I, I mean, I know he was like into that metalish, you know, like, uh, I guess, uh, Slayer type of things. But he never really brought that to the table, you know. It was always more of, a, I guess, more in the vein of a Cro-Mags, you know, type of uh, thing than anything else. Yeah, you know, kind of like Leeway kind of had that, you know, uh, thing also. And uh, like, and I love Leeway, but Leeway was more, you know, the thrash part. Yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys had some again, the elements of, of the metal you use was different, like that rock and you know, kind of different kind of chords. And it was like, um, it, it's just it's so crazy to me. That's why I, you know, I, I loved it right off the top because I was like, yo, this is some other shit. And what I always loved was I tell people. You, Phil from Pantera is what you are. He's what you are in hardcore. You guys had the hardest voice, but yet you could understand what you were saying. And a lot of guys back then, if they were trying to sound hard, it was just trying to growl as as, as much as you can. You know what I mean? You could understand what, what, you know, what you were saying. When you recorded that record, when you went into the studio, was vocal style, I know your vocal style was already close, was... um. The guy who did it, Tom Swords, did that record? Yeah. We went right after uh, Sick of It All went. You know, we went a couple months or a month or two after them. And um, what, did you guys have any um, talk about your vocal style then, or you just kept it as is? No, I just kept it as is. And, you know, I got better as time went on, I hope. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I just... I wish that record was recorded now instead of then, because I, I, it has that old, you know, I guess 1980s kind of, sound as opposed to the stuff that you know everyone sounds like nowadays you know more raw it was more polished and uh no you are insane that nobody should touch that fucking album that uh, yeah because again what made it good that yeah it was more of a polished i mean there was a big production to it but you guys weren't playing thrash or doing that so it didn't it didn't sound like oh these guys are trying to be a metal band you know, or these guys are trying to be, you know, whoever the fucking crossover band was at the time. You know, so that, I think even the cover with the, the water paint. Oh, yeah, like, his brother did that, Drago's brother. Yeah, that shit was like a cool, you know, the, the, everything about that album. Now, let me, now let, let me tell you this. So let me ask you this. So wh- what, how did the, what came up that you guys had to drop the Raw Deal name? I mean, we'll, we'll get into that show also. Because um, that's one of my probably one of the greatest hardcore shows I've ever been to was that last Raw Deal show. I love when you guys when people post it, it's like, see everybody out there, all the oh, old faces. And, oh my god! Like I remember oh, that day. Yeah. Like I remember it. Like I remember being there. I remember the shit talking. I remember I would always yell shit at you, you know. And I remember just I remember you ripping the fucking banner, you know. But um, what what what? How did how did they find out that you guys were called Raw Deal? Well, everybody know. Why you guys had to change the name? Because I know the story. Uh, we uh, when we went to Relativity, they uh, found out there was another band in England, I think, or Europe named uh, Raw Deal. So they sent them a letter that you know said, "Oh, you guys can't use that name anymore." You know, we have a band, and then they sent a letter back that was kind of like, "Ha ha ha, we have a copywritten," you know, for years. So that was you know pretty much, which was fine with me because I wasn't a big fan of the name Raw Deal anyway. But I love it. Like I refuse to call you guys Killing Time. You notice that? To this day, <laughs> like I like I go I go kill it raw deal or oh, Killing Time. I gotta always cat. So it was because that you know I always thought it was because the movie, the the, the Schwarzenegger movie. Yeah, nah, he was after us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Like the Terminator after us. Yeah, right. And fucking um, and and, and during that record. Um, the lyrics where you did you write any of those lyrics? Um, because I know my they said Mike wrote some of those lyrics too. Yeah, right? Mike wrote B, uh, Mike wrote My Reason. That was about BJ. BJ, yeah, I, wrote, uh, I, I love blowing that up too. BJ, shout out to BJ, the fucking was, 
the, the one of the the first hardcore uh, love songs that <laughs> with time from fucking. And then uh, I wrote Cheap Thrills and. Uh, That's my shit. I, what else did I? Write? I wrote. I, I don't remember if I wrote anything. I know because, like I said, when we got up there, Drago had pretty much all the lyrics already done. And uh, oh, so he wrote lyrics too. Okay, I didn't know that. Oh, he's, the, he's the lyricist. I mean, he's you can't. Yeah. I can't top. He writes things that you know, like I can honestly say. I feel like right now when I listen to that, what do you call it, the the Bright Side record? I sit there going, you know. This is my this is my life. This is what it became. You know, bright side is like the story, who I am. It's like you know, I, I'm right now. I just live kind. Of, you know, I know I'm negative, but constantly in regret and this and that. And it's like, yeah, wow, who knew it would have turned into this person? <laughs> but yeah. yeah, he's he's got he's the art he's the artist type of guy where he could you know, he he has it out there. Me at that point when I joined the band, I uh, I couldn't write lyrics. And I don't know why. You know, I got wrote a few songs, but. Most of them come from Drago. I mean, yeah, I, I didn't know that. I know you. I, I know he wrote a, a lot of the music, and and I, I never really pinpointed who did the vocals. And um, when you wrote the rec, when you when you recorded the record, how was that? How was the experience for that? How did you did you like being in a fucking real studio? And or were you like it was too much? Because I know it's when I first did my first album, it was overwhelming. I also was with a bunch of you know seasoned vets with you know all the AF dudes, you know. Yeah, you can't beat that. Now nah, we it was it was cool. I mean, you know, we stayed up in uh, Lou came up with us to do background. So, you know, I don't know if you remember Normandy. You had it, it had its own little suite. You know, like not nothing nice. It was like a, a, a hostel on top. But, but you know, the band could sleep there. So we spent, I guess, I don't know, remember if it was two or three days. You know, went out to eat this and that, drinking. Well, I, I didn't drink at the time, but I started drinking when I threw up all over your leg. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna get into that too. But, uh, yeah, so so but, you know, we had a good time. That so you only took three about three days to record that record. Yeah, record, get, mix, everything. Get the fuck out of here! Maybe I right. never knew that. That's cra- you know we make records fast now, and that's ten days, two weeks. Yeah, which is considered fast nowadays. Damn, th- and that record. You know what? You guys should be glad that it was that many days because I think that's why the the the, the rawness is it came off on that album like the attitude that that record's an attitude like that's one of the records to this day. If I'm gonna pull out something old school for a new a new kid, I'll pull that out because I won't go too far back unless I know the kid is like really open to let's say some punk shit. Okay, you throw on the early AF stuff, yeah. you know that early bad brain stuff. But you guys were more again that. New York hardcore, you know what I mean? That that um um um, it had swag without being trying to be a rap core or trying to be hip hop, but it had that element. And it wasn't you guys were from projects, but you know we were all like from from Queens, but we weren't rich, but we weren't poor. Yeah, so it was like that uh, middle class angry. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like um, and did you know? When you finished that album, were you happy with it? Like when you, let's say, okay, you, you recorded the album, you got the mixes. How did you feel about it? I was ha- at the time. I was happy. I, you know, happy with. It. I thought it sounded great. You know, but like I said, in retrospect, I, I like. You know, no one listens to the other two records that we put out. I, I like them much more than, than now. As far as because to me, it just seems more energy. My vocals got better. You know, it, it seems a little more raw. But you know, when I came out, I. I you know, that was a sound that everyone was looking for. You know, it just sounded, it was there. I just yeah, wish the vocals were harder and stuff like that. But how long did um Raw Deal go before you guys stopped playing for you? You stopped playing for a little bit. Yeah, how long did it go before that happened? What was that show? Oh, was Killing that? Time, I should say. Yeah, what was that show? 90, 91? So that, all right, the Raw Deal went with that last show. That, right, that was the last show then. Yeah, right. That was the last show for a little bit, correct? Yeah, you know, what happened was, uh, well, I was always a person that believed if you can't top the first album, then you don't do another one. You know, like and uh, like there were a lot of bands that should have never made another record or maybe two records. But uh, at that point, Carl wrote that uh, they were writing a couple songs. Remember that that sheet, that shitty single that came out, a uh, whole lot of nothing. And yeah, no, and it had was on it. And, and it was, yeah, then, you know, I was like, ah, if that's what we're going to do, I, I'm not into it. You kidding me? Let me just tell you, I robbed. Um, a, a vibe, a flavor from that 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 record with the ah, spend so much. That's, that's the only thing that speaks. Listen, up. let me tell you that shit. Like I, I've gone back to that and took off that. 
I've stripped. I left that car with no wheels on cinder blocks. <laughs> Put it like that. But yeah. that's why you guys would always still pull out that and then pull out some, like, rockish stuff. So I remember, okay, so you, what was the gap? Now, there was that time period. A lot of people started doing the whole post-hardcore type of bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, Angry Head. Yeah, right? I, wish, I wish that would have lasted a little longer. That was fun. Yeah, and um, tell me how that popped up because a lot of people don't know about that era. I was glad that, you know, we were because um, it was just how music, you know, the hardcore shit, a lot of the shows were shut down because of some crazy kids I won't talk about. Yeah, but, no. uh, but also people, you know, the, 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 the kids that were in the hardcore bands got a little older and started, you know, tapping into other stuff that they liked. Yeah, yeah experimenting. So you had, you know, uh, Petey Hines, what, what, Handsome. Right, yeah. oh, it was a, a big red crush, I think, later on. Right, that was another right, something like that. I remember it was like crazy, thing, but I remember that handsome, and then I remember, you know, um, I guess the quicksands came out, but Angry Head, how yeah. did who, who was in the band, and how did that come up? It was me, Steve Martin, Arthur, and uh, Petey Hines, and uh, I was working at Relativity at the time, or whatever, but and uh, me and Steve were kind of into the same kind of music. And uh, Petey was working with us also. So it was, you know, just uh, something looking for something different, you know, not really hardcore, just a jam, you know. And then uh, it was more of like a, a kind of like a gang of four, you know, dissing it, not, not grunge, but kind of uh, yeah. just that, that, that flavor. That it just didn't last. I don't know why. I, I enjoyed it, but it was kind of like, you know, it was a one-off really. We had fun jamming. I loved playing with Petey. He was like a wacko. Yeah, and, uh, Petey Hines was the best. I haven't seen him in fucking. I think the last time was at one of those parties. Yeah, he you know uh, I mean? he moved to uh, I think Seattle. He married a, a Mormon girl that he fell in love with, and, and uh, he's a chef or something. That was the last I heard of it. So get out of here. He was also one of the first guys with a neck tattoo that I ever met. Yeah, and then remember when he was having to move, me and Danny were working with him in uh, Relativity Records, and he'd leave early once a week, and then he'd come back the next day, and it's like, uh, neck, this is like, I think he was the first guy I ever heard of getting a tattoo when it first started. It was and like, stick mine him. Yeah, he'd come in the next day, and it was like, uh, looked like jelly. So Danny started calling him, you know, schmuckers, jelly neck. And, like <laughs> and we used to tease him so bad. We used to get to him so bad. Like one day, he like threw, like we used to put the stuff in the boxes to ship out. He throws everything and just like ran out of the place. He was like so pissed off. Like, That's how you guys. How crazy is that? Yeah, because I remember how long did Angry Head last? That was again for the people that know they're in the era of the Into Another's, the 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 Quicksands, the the uh, the the Handsome, and you know those. It was like uh, like um, the 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 more sophisticated uncles of all the hardcore bands. Couple months, three, maybe six months, seven months. You, just lo local shows, right? Yeah. I, I was probably at all of them because yeah. we would go to all the shows. I remember. Yeah. And then I tried to get something going with. Uh, I tried to join my other favorite band, uh, Rest in Pieces. <laughs> I went to I went to do the vocals, try it out. But you know, Armand was so into. He was on drums. He was playing the drums and. He wasn't into it. He was like, ah, fuck it. So. You know, that was one of my other favorite bands. Let me tell you, that shit would have been hard. It's so underrated. Yo, I know that people are like, they're starting to get forgotten about because, you know, even with those guys, like Armand or whatever, um, they don't really talk about it that much. Like, you know, for whatever reason. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? Like, they were another one that had that rock influence yeah. and that old, um, you know, English metal, not thrash metal, but mixed in with the right old style that had that you know old gray mare stomp that shit is a fucking so great those shows again you weren't able to to, to touch those shows when it was fucking sick of it all raw deal rest in pieces forget yeah, about it, it fun what 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 are some standout shows you remember with the raw deal days with the killing time days whatever i always loved playing uh playing boston we always had a great time up there we had a Made a lot. The first time we went there, I thought it was going to be like the old old days, like in New York, where it was going to be like uh, 
like animosity or, you know, but I mean, we went up there, the first show we played out in Jamaica Plains, which, you know, we used to be like, kind of like a package deal. We yep. go with cigarette all, all over the place, you know, Buffalo. And so we show up out there and uh, we wind up playing football with the guys in uh, wrecking crew and stuff right before the show started in the middle of the projects out there. And, uh, you know, we hit it off. And every time we would go up there, we, we'd have a, a great time. You know, we took Danny up there once and he was like, uh, him and my cousin Joey were like sitting there, like they look like they're going to kill somebody with the fucking scissors on the couch and stuff. And then yeah, we, we wrecked some car, like you know, pulling out of a thing. We had that big box truck. Yeah, and, uh, I was bombed. This is when I first started drinking, so I was bombed in the back. And then Craig always tells that story where I was like, someone fell on me, and I'm like, get your tongue out of my ass or whatever. Get <laughs> your tongue. And uh, you know, just you know, we always had a good time. We always had fun. And then uh, that other fucking. We played in Reading, Pennsylvania one year. It was like fucking huge. You know, it was like breaking down the barricades and and uh, and then next time there, it was like a Nazi fest. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, you you know what was one of my favorite shows also was um you guys and the rest in pieces on 42nd Street. I was gonna say jamming and we, jamming. All, went the, we all went to the peep show and uh, that was let me tell you that was one of the craziest shows that first of all, not to even think about of a hardcore show on 42nd Street. Think about that. Yeah, no, it was yeah. a very weird place. And it was a fucking amazing a show. Night. Yeah, I just remember, um, I remember Squirm. I remember that, oh, it like, gives me chills. I remember it was like, all right, it's Brooklyn versus Queens, you know, on the dance floor. And then it was on, you know, Minus, Sob, Rest in Peace. They were all there. Yeah. You know, we were all boys, but we were like, oh, shit, it's yeah. on. You know what I mean? How great was that, was that shit? That's those, those days were good. We had, that was a great time. Yeah, and definitely, and definitely, you guys saying that about Boston and up there in those areas. I think that's why um the same transition when we went up there was never those old you know style those old school beefs were never around for us either. Like you know what I mean? Those guys loved us because we had the essence of the you guys. You know of the you know there was the sick of it alls the the the, the AFs the fucking you know which kind of bridged the gap. You know, yeah. they were going through their shit, too, with the old school shit now. How yeah. they, you know, how they interpreted metal up there was different than how the same thing we did in New York. But everybody was kind of mixing yeah. the old school with the new school shit. So yeah, New York always had its own style. You know, back in the day, California was more poppy punk, you know, and then D.C. and uh, and uh, Boston were always that heavy, you know, thrash. And New York always had, you know, and they still have their own sound, I think. You know, compared a lot of bands copy it, but I mean, it's we still got you know you still tell who's from New York. Yeah, and I think um, again, you know, Raw Deal um that record, I I keep going back to that record because to me that's where I could say like okay that's where we started from. You know, we took over from there. Like of course, Victim and Pain, you know that was in our DNA. That's yeah. just you know it's always gonna be that. This was you know before I even knew Roger and Freddie and all that shit. You know. All of us, that that's part of the you know our Bible. That you know, and then the, the Cro-Mags, you know, obviously, and then people could spin off the whole Bad Brains and the Minor Threats and all that other stuff. But um, um, what I was gonna say is, what, what during so the Raw Deal touring, how long? How long? What was that gap of you guys touring? Like it wasn't long, long, right? You know, the the album comes out. How long did you guys last before it was? You know, before you, you took your break and then you started doing the, the, you know, the every once in a while dropping a new recording. Yeah, a couple of years. And then we, you know, said, ah, let's, you know, going to shows and everything and being like, oh, let's, you know, let's get together again and, you know, jam and see how it, you know, see how it goes. You know, we're never looking to make money. Like you say, you're never looking to make money out of it. Just looking to have a good time, you know. Yeah. Play shows or whatever. So, you know, we would do it every couple of years. Probably take three or four year break, and yeah, yeah, back and then get bored again and say, "Ah, this fucking sucks," and then do it again. I've been quitting the band now for the last uh, <laughs> the last ten years. You know, yeah. I say to myself, "Ah, no more show. That's the last show. That's the last show." Because it takes so much energy to get out there. I mean, you know that. I mean, it's so yeah, hard. To, it is to it's do. Hard. But then once you're there and you're having a good time and oh, seeing all your old friends and bullshit and like that show and. In Florida, I mean, it just makes it worth it. You know, you sit there going, oh, a lot of aggravation, but it was worth it, you know? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you, like, after all these years. And I know you, like, you know, you you know, like all of us, we all, you know, we all dread the whole shit that comes with having to travel, having to deal with this, having to wait, having to, 
you know, do all those things. What 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 was the main thing that still like right now? What like that that Florida show? What made you still want to do that? What are the parts of 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 playing shows that still g- gave you some you know passion? What is the, is it the hangout or also getting up there and letting some anger out? What what is it? Yeah, I think it's uh, a combination of both. Definitely. I mean, I enjoy getting out there and I enjoy, you know, when people, uh, you know, that's my favorite part is the singing along and stuff and, you know, feeling like part of something. I, I never, you know, I, I hate being that guy that just, you know, has the mic to himself or whatever. I really enjoy, you know, bonding, you know, I don't know if the word bonding or whatever, but just like when you guys did that thing, uh, when Freddie got everyone up there and you did that little like, uh, prayer type of thing. I mean, I that fucking, I felt that, bro. I, I had the chills. I was like, wow, it's amazing. You know, I think Freddie, uh, you guys are one of the top bands and Freddie is, uh, you know, one Thank of the you. greatest front man I, I've, I've ever seen. I mean, him, Lou, I mean, they know, you know, Freddie knows what to do. I mean, I, 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 like that, like I said, that day I was like, wow, look at this shit. That was fucking brilliant, you know? And you know, you're a big influence to Freddie, you know, you know that you remember him. I remember him being blasted at your house back in the day. And letting you know he loved, you know, of course, Roger's a big influence. That's, you know, that's a given. But you vocal style, like, again, that that's what bridged the gap with the younger kids, I think. You know what I mean? Like, we didn't have to be the older punk guy. We were the younger guy where we sounded you're angry. We felt you're angry, let's say, more than the angry of fucking, you know, of the, the years before. You know what I mean? The style of angry was like, you know... Angry with style. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? And fucking, um, and remember those parties back then? Oh, that's. I, I want to let everybody out there know I, I, Anthony invented the, the throw up push up. You oh, know, yeah. what, what party was that? Well, let me ask you do you remember who was it? Was that a BJ party or what was it? Whose party? What, a squirm? That was a squirm's house in, uh, in uh, Williston Park. So for everybody out there, um, Squirm, an old friend of ours, wherever Squirm's at, shout out to Squirm. Um, we, we were lucky that we had people with houses that would let us invade and, and party at the houses. BJ being one of them and Squirm through this infamous party in um, Long Island. Yeah. And we all ended up there. You know, me, Ezek, Anthony was there, uh, Petey Hines. You remember um, Jason Crackdown? Shout out to Jason Crackdown. I hear he's in fucking like Denver. He's like a park ranger. Yeah, he's a uh, yeah, park ranger. Shout out to him, man. Another one, we we used to sit there and just talk, rank on each other for hours. You remember that? Professionals. <laughs> we were professional shit talkers. Yeah. And, I, and I remember drinking my brains out. And I remember we all intoxicated, like intoxicated wasn't even the word. And I remember somehow passing out next to you. Yeah. And I remember looking to the side. I saw you go up for a push-up. I saw you throw up. And then I just saw you chest plant right back in it and just... You were like, yeah, I'll just stay right here for a little while. And I remember that shit was like oh, it, it blasted in my brain. I remember waking up. I mean, I bought the cheapest. I was, you know, back at school, I guess, uh, at that time. So I really had no money. So I, uh, I bought the cheapest bottle of gin I could find. You know, who got me started drinking was Arthur, you know, from uh, Gorilla Biscuits. Straight so, uh, yeah, we, we, I had my first martini kind of with him. And I got, you know, into the gin. So next thing you know, I'm like, buy the cheapest bottle I could find. I guess I really didn't know how to drink at the time. So I pounded, you know, people usually do it at 14, 15. Yeah. Or 20s. I fucking pounded <laughs> the thing. Next thing you know, I'm hanging out the window, throwing up. They said, you know, there was a story. I woke up in the middle of the night in my house, right? And we had a spittoon where I grew up. And supposedly I, you know, went in and ate a cigarette butt. I spit it out. I had no idea. So then, you know, they say, oh, you threw up out the, you know, you threw up out the window when there were cigarette butts out there. And you looked out the window, <laughs> cigarette butts. I have no idea how that happened. And I wake up the next day next to you, and I'm like, what the fuck? You threw up all over me. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I said, all right, then. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you like, you got up, and you had like dry vomit, and then like a gunshot all over your chest. You were like, you looked at me, and you were like, yo, you fucking threw up over me. I said, motherfucker, that was you. And I remember, oh, those those were classic days. Like, it's funny, like, you know, the classic people that were around, you know, as far as, our world, you know, the, the, our culture of the, of the whole New York hardcore scene, like, again, you know, you, Ezek, you know, Jason Cragdown, Petey Hines, BJ Squirm, the sick of it all guys, you know, um, everybody, like, 
pe- people don't um not that people aren't friends with each other like that, but those days of like really partying with each other, you know, they don't exist like that no more. At least not, you know, I I haven't seen it. You know, sure there's um, you know, you have relationships, we run into shows, we have drinks, but those days we would see each other outside of shows. Yeah, you know what I mean? It seemed um the 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 family vibe was even deeper back then, I feel. You know what I mean? I think you know what happens, it gets you know, you get older. You know, you got your family, you got for me, I'm way out the island. I mean, I would love to come in and spend time and you know, you know, after this is over, if I if I'm still, you know, doing good, you know, as far as health, I'm gonna start going out, you know, more because you sit there saying, Look at this shit that just you know, you're, you're locked up, you you know, this thing changed everyone's lives, you know, you only, you know, have so much time to live. Might as well enjoy it. So I think I think you're gonna see a lot of that again. Yeah. People getting out and hanging out. I mean, but you guys got your, you know, the the B and B family. You guys always doing something or you yeah. know, your thing is you're out in Miami, which is tough, and you know, Freddie's yeah. out there in Florida, scams out there, you know, so it's not it's not the same. You yeah, know, no you like boys to raise and you're always playing shows. Yeah, no, but it's totally I understand what you mean because now they're in the B and B, then I just know more like, oh, we got a show in New York. I feel that like, wow, yeah, I get to see my old friends. Oh, we're going to see these guys. Oh, shit, Anthony popped up. This guy, Lou popped up. Uh, this guy popped up. And then you all the, you know, you get to reminisce and everybody gets to touch base, you know, on, uh, you know, on the, on the same field. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I'm that, that way too, you know, like I'm not a young kid either no more. And, um, and I definitely see it for that now, like, especially during this whole pandemic shit, this B&B is like the next B&B is like, I'm really looking forward to it. Besides the bill, the yeah. bill is going to be perfect. With well, that was going to be a good show, man. I was looking very, forward to that. And, and and even exactly, it was going to be great, all around great. Uh, now even more. Yeah, it, uh, I think I'm it's going to be the the right bunch of bands to have that nostalgic yeah. feeling with even the 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 whole hanging out aspect of the shit. You know, which yeah, is not cool. only that. I mean, I see the pictures. The cousin Joe always has like a big barbecue at his place and Paul just had a bunch of people up at his new place. And yeah, you know, you guys get up and I have a feeling there's gonna be a ton of benefits coming up. Oh yeah. It's fucking, I mean, how are they going to, yeah, it's fucking rough out there, man. Let me tell you, we're feeling it, you know, especially us, you know, Matt boy don't make no, but people don't think, I hope people don't think we're getting some royalty check. Cause I don't know what that even looks like. You know, we, we get our money from playing and right now, you know, I try to hustle some merch I got the podcast to keep the the whole brand alive. So people out there you want to support is cop all these bands merch, not yeah. just Mad Balls. You know, uh, um, everybody's in, in, in the music business is affected by this shit. So instead of um, buying a fucking Metallica shirt, they got enough money. You know, no offense to Metallica, but if you're going to use a, a, a donate to somebody who has an M in their name, try a Mad Ball. You guys always got the girls with the shirts on. I got, I can't get anyone. I got like some fat <laughs> guy wearing a shirt or something. Like, no, they're not. hot Latin girl wearing a in the middle of nowhere with a baseball shirt on. No, you mean pleasantly plump girls, not fat. There's, you know, plump, plump. No, I said fat guys. No, fat oh, guys <laughs> wearing white shirts. Oh yeah, no, you. Oh, you guys always got the hot Latina chicks or the middle of the European girl. Modeling the newest Mad Bulls show. Look who's repping the Mad Bulls Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. Shout out to all the girls out there, even in this hardcore shit, because, um, you know, if it wasn't for the yin and yang, you know, we'll all be yings. Oh, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> and I also I want... Think there was not. There was a, plenty of yin. Yeah, yeah, a lot of yins. You know what I... What, and also what I loved about, um, even a little bit later on down the line, I remember, you know, Especially with you and you, you guys, you know, with Barbara and all your, you know, your your side of the family was always that that family vibe. Because I remember rolling up to your guys' house in Long Island with the coldest life guys. Remember that? Oh, I was gonna kill Squirm. Yeah. All oh, these guys come. I said, well, who invited them, Squirm? I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I come back out of jail with the fucking teardrop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my my mother treating everyone with respect, but that's one thing. Everyone. You know, you look at some hardcore people and you're like, what the fuck? Look at these dregs. And, and you know, we're the nicest people. Absolutely. You know, and I, and I respect, we, you know. And I remember that day because obviously, you know, cold as life, that's family. Shout out to Detroit yeah. and Ronnie, rest in peace. Yeah. But even as crazy as those guys were, I remember, you know, even them being very humble at your house because they oh. loved your band. And yeah. also, you know, 
I, I remember us walking and everybody being very respectful because, you know, we all had love for you and we all have families too. We didn't want to just be like a bunch of morons. And I remember them being psyched to be there and all of us being also on good behavior because, again, you know, that wasn't the first time we went to your house to party with your family. Yeah, so, without a doubt. You know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't, you know, you can't judge books by the cover. But I was just like busting Squirm's balls because it's like, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, so the animals. I Hoy's coming. I got these guys, uh, guys from Detroit are coming. Like, what the, who else is coming, Squirm? You're like, yeah, Squirm, why wouldn't go to your house? Why you said nothing, right? Yeah. But nice good. Shit. Nah, that, that's the shit, man. I definitely, I miss those days. And I'm glad those days happened because, um, Again, it shows that um, we, we would get together, not just at a show. Nah, you know we're, I mean? right. oh, we're family, friends, family. Exactly, like we're family. And I was like, um, we spent, you know, I spent uh, more holidays at your house than I did with actual family members. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I could talk about, you know, this, uh, uh, you know, after Christmas, rolling up to your house, after the family, the, uh, the blood family, then we'd show up. After the Thanksgivings and the, you know, whatever it was, we were always the, 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 the second round. Yeah, of I people that come in and chilling in your living room. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, shout out to Barbara Ann too, man. She was a big, definitely a big part of that. You know, she was always around. And I know she, you know, she has a lot of roots in the music too. And, um, you know, it was always love. You know, same thing with her. You know, whenever she came, she was with us. You know what I mean? Like, there's always a lot of love with that. And um, what's the deal with you guys now? So any, any plans for... Um, any new music and after this shit goes and you know shows or you guys want definitely, definitely going to do the show we were we were going to do that uh a seven show we were so excited and then boom right? you know it happened right before that yeah I mean, i'd love to get out there and do a couple shows and like i said there's probably going to be benefits for clubs that you know going to be you know jesse's got what three clubs and yeah Cena and is i mean how's he surviving so good bands are probably going to have to get out there and, you know help yeah. him out yeah, shout out to Jesse, man. That's a guy who, you know, help, he's been helping out, you know, helping out the scene way after he was done with, you know, playing in a hardcore band or that. He's always giving back and giving our people, you know, uh, a platform and other people by using the venue, by just, you know, um, he same thing with us, lending, you know, the Bowery Electric, couple different places. You know, it's it's. I love it when I see old school guys who still got that fire in them. You know what I mean? That. Cause you know how it is. Well, a lot of us are uh, angry old guys. Some guys are bitter, but you know to still show love again and show that oh they had love because it, you know we come from a very special thing. You know what I mean? It's like okay, uh, it's nothing like said it all the time. The kids nowadays, the young. I mean, when you think when you look at it, most of the hardcore people are in their forties and yes. older, like us. Where you know I'm older than that. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I I miss like my kids. They just have no idea what it was like to just you know go down to CB's. You know, you're 13, 14 years old and 15, go down to Seabees and like have a million people hang out with all, you know, misfits. And, you know, everyone was there. You know, you had a jock, you had a, a, a yeah. wacko, you had a, you know, yeah. donkey, you know, and everyone was friends. We'd all get together and hang out. And, you know, you just, you could always go downtown and, and run into somebody, you know, yeah. and just on a computer. And, you know, why don't your kids go out? We're going to go. What are we going to do? Exactly. It's so insane. I'm never in the house. I, I know. Like, you know, even when we did, it was like, okay, Saturday you watch the Kung Fu flicks at three. After that, you would meet right away, go right back out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was like. I was like Squirm. They sit there all day watching wrestling and how it started. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. I get into that wrestling shit. Yeah. You know, it, it's crazy how that happens. And it's like, um, I say the same thing. Like, I was talking with Toby. I just had him on. And we were talking about that, too. That um, that was the great thing about in, in hardcore back then, like. I still, I mean, obviously, I love it more than anything, but um, it, it, too many branches nowadays under the hardcore umbrella. Like, now they're like, oh, Madball's a tough guy hardcore band. I'm like, hardcore is the name hard was always in there, meaning it was all supposed to be, a, you know, a tougher version of mainstream, you know, yeah. a more abrasive version of, of sound. And I'm like, then it became, oh, I'm vegan hardcore. I'm meat eater hardcore. I'm this. I'm like, no, we were all hardcore band, hardcore bands with under that umbrella. You had straight edge guys, druggies. And I would tell, I told Toby, we were, you know, he remembers we were talking that we were the, we were like a septic tank. All the shit that fell to the bottom. You had Krishna's straight edge, gay guys, 
half Nazi dudes. You had, um, you know, anybody who was not the normal would fall into that, you know, that septic tank. And then we would connect the dots from there. Yeah. You know, it was like, um, that's the best way to put it. I never, never heard. We're all a piece of shit. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Basically we're all pieces of shit, but what happens? What do you need to to grow something? You need shit, right? You know, that shit, you know, very good way to put it. You know, we, we were fertilizer for a lot of. Shit, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. But, yeah, to, to call, like, you know, Madball uh, uh, a, a tough guy. But, I mean, shit like that is ridiculous. It's like, you know, we go out there, we play music, man. It's like, you know, that's that's what I could never understand. Me, you know, I was my always my term is, like, you know, always been I hate everyone equally. I, I love everyone equally. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't care if you're a straight-edge band. I don't care if you're a vegan band. I thought when we played with Shelter and I saw them, they opened up, and I thought it was the coolest coolest opening I ever saw. We played with them, and this is hardcore a couple of years ago. And they had, like, all the Christians on the stage with yeah. the incense chant, and then they bust out of the song. I was like, wow, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, it's like people, you know, young kids, I don't, I don't know. They missed that whole point of, like, you know, it's all yeah. What, what difference yeah. does it make if someone's straight? At, I mean, uh, I understand if someone, you know, totally against your beliefs, that's a different story. But, you know, what of course. drink or someone has a drink or a cigarette makes a difference. Exactly. It's like we were, we come from the era of busting balls, but yeah. we never hate it. There's a difference between hate it, hating on somebody and then busting balls. You know, yeah. of course, we bust balls, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, on Toby or something about, oh, the straight edge thing or whatever. But it was all just, you know, the same thing if it was, making fun of somebody, uh, the pants they wore. You know, yeah. it was not like nothing uh, malicious. You know what I mean? And um, that was the problem. I, that's the thing that I love that we still try to push. You know what I mean? Like, we never gave a fuck on, no. you know, how you live as long as, you know... Um, you did the right thing. Yeah, you did the right thing. Like, I mean, that's just regular life, you know? And I hope, yeah. you know, people know that nowadays. Like, do whatever the fuck you want. Do it with heart. Mm-hmm. And also... Don't hate on nobody else because they don't think the way you do. Exactly. You know, you know, because we, you know, we all have our beliefs on, you know, religion, politics and all that. And then that's going to separate us, you yeah. know, as it is like, again, with Toby, we were talking about, um, you know, the whole, sure, the punk rock, you know, um, um DNA, you know, has a lot to do with the hardcore scene. But mm-hmm. to me, you know, punk was to destroy, to break down, you know, to against and hardcore took that attitude, but also like, okay, once we break it down, we need a rebuild. Yeah. And that's why we had guys like us trying to, you know, take the anger and, and, and focus into something positive. Yeah. You, you, you know, and um, I hope the newer generation fucking realizes that and fucking and starts, you know, no matter what their sound is in any type of music started yeah. from, you know, from the youth, mm-hmm. you know, you know, to, we were more open minded than we thought as kids. As yeah. close-minded as we were, you know, the hardcore scene had Krishnas. They had, um, um, you know, vegans. Up, Chris, I'm sorry. You know, um, um, they had um, um, people traveling to India, people doing yoga. You know, we could trace all that back to early hardcore, you know, punk rock. You know what I mean? Before Sting. Before, you know, you know, a lot of these pop stars got into all this, like, health. And, you know, or... You know, um, um, mixing in the, the the rosters. You know that mixed in with the punk rock scene. You know the whole that type of vibe. You know you got the Murphy's Laws. You know and you know to be a sponge. That's the thing that I love. That you know us as hardcore kids were. You know so um, but um, let me ask you this before we get out of here. Any, any idea besides well, I just playing? Say, I just wanted to say something. Can you imagine if we had cell phones back in the day? Oh my God! We'd have Toby shooting ropes on film. And oh yeah! You know what? I'm kind of glad there was no no cameras back then. Imagine all the stuff documented. Oh my like, God! Embarrassed to, to to do anything now. Oh, I know a live stream of us throwing up on each other. Oh, Forget it. We were like the guys from Jackass before Jackass. Yeah, we should. But like, but like, um, yeah. Before we get up, before so you got the you know the the A7 show is there. Have you guys talked about jamming on any new songs, anything else like that, or waiting for, to see if something pops up later? If they write some some stuff, I you know I'd love to record it. I just wish people would listen to it. And you know, as much as I like doing you know uh, the bright side stuff, I want to do other stuff. Of course, you know, like Absolutely. you guys do. You guys, people listen to your records. You guys do something from everything. You know, got how many records? Nine albums. Yeah, nine you albums. Something from from everything. Yeah, you know, no, we get, unfortunately, we get stuck doing, you know, nothing but 
you know, bright side. Yeah. And it gets, you know, that gets boring. That makes it hard to, you know, keep going. No. I mean, that's what the people want to hear, but I'd like to mix it in with some stuff. And you know what happens, you know, I, 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 you know, it's harder for the singer. I mean, I know the bass player or whatever, when people aren't into it. But when you're the singer up there and you bust into a song, you had a whole, you had all this momentum going. You just did like Telltale and Brightside. And then, now you go, we're going to do something off of, you know, third record. And the whole place is like, boom. Yeah. And we're standing I- there, you know, and just like, it's hard to go into that next song and, and get that energy back, you know? So I, I just wish that we could, you know, people would yeah. listen. Let, let me just tell you, so you don't feel so bad. Trust me, that happens with us too. Oh, I like, you know, people like, I have some like 15-year-old kids saying, set it off, set it off. I'm like, motherfucker, your, your pops didn't even have you in his nutsack when that yeah. record came out yet. We're the same. You know, but, um, but yeah, no, that's good shit. I, I say you keep putting that shit out, you know, um, for us, that shit is therapy. And especially for a guy like you, we all need therapy. That's a good way to get our anger out. Definitely. You know, and also get a message out because, uh, you know, just because the kids ain't going all out in the pit, I think um, we're, we're right now we're in a, in a place where the newer generation is starting to reach back again, you know, to the, an older school, you know, with the whole A7 movement and those type of movements. They op- they're bringing the, 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 the youth back to... um. Um, you know, going back to the old stuff and the old, you know, checking out the old bands and the yeah. old way of thinking and stuff. So, you know, keep doing it. Don't no matter what, keep doing it. And and I, and I love that you guys still have the original guys. That that makes it even more special. You know, it makes I mean? it it makes it a little more real. Yeah, absolutely. So, with with the, the singer and no one else. Or, uh... Yeah, exactly. Or like the fifth guitar player, and then like a bunch of other guys. But well, that's yo, how uh, revenge always felt to me because I, I loved the band and I was so proud and that really helped me, you know, get get on this path of music and everything. But I always felt like, you know, kind of like the fraud, you know, because I was yeah. a third singer. You yeah. know, it's not, you know, it's it's kind of tough to, you know, feel like it's your band or whatever at that point. Yeah. But also, but, I just wanted to mention being that you were talking about how things are going back a little to the old school. In that show in Florida, I, I noticed there was only one group of people that was sitting there on their phones, you know, I mean, everyone else was sitting there hanging out with their friends, bullshitting, and this, and that was nice to see. Because I mean, I go to my cousin, you know, I, w- I would go to my sister's house years ago, and I'd see her daughter with five friends, and they're all sitting on the couch on the phone, texting. Like, what the fuck are you doing? I know. You know, it's, it's, it's like the I know. Room- it, it's definitely. I think um, that's why I think it's important also for the old school guys to come around and show the the camaraderie and uh, and also how we bug out. You don't got to be just on a, on a, on a Insta message to, to crack a joke or something. It's yeah. more fun when we do it in person. And I think you could also, you could feel the love when we're dissing each other, when we're around each other, oh, yeah. because it's not like, you know, words are very one-sided when you print them, but you know, you know, how about all the ball busting you would give me, you know, you used to call me, say I was built like a fire hydrant. You know what I mean? Oh man, so much. <laughs> but, no, but I mean, it was always out of love. Nothing was ever taken oh, yeah. out of you know. And but that's the the whole thing. Oh, we're gonna go. We would talk shit. The Jason crackdowns, the Ezeks. You know, we all. But that was part of it. And I think besides building um thick skin, you know, uh, it's love. You know, it's um you know you feel the love when if we're not talking about you, we don't care for you. Exactly. There's only one person that didn't like it that didn't get it. Chris Long. Oh. <laughs> And you talk, I mean, we're busting shots. You forgot unfriending me. I mean, I never unfriended uh, people. I don't give a fuck what you do. I know. Uh, well, you know. So just be- like, you know, like, oh, you're picking on me. No, I, <laughs> like, yeah, you forgot who I am? Yeah. Exactly. I, I mean, that's what we do. Exactly. That's that's what I tell people. And it's funny because um, Freddie would always tell people that, like, you know, I, I'm a, you know me. I'm a, I'm a big shit talker. And sometimes, you know, I don't know when to stop. But it's always. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's always never, you know, if I'm oh, never malicious, it's yeah, just, never malicious. And then sometimes Freddie's uh, like, yo, take it like this. You know, Freddie basically tells people, yo, if you know, he's dissing you. He likes you, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And, you know, that's what I want everybody to know. Like, you know, when we talk shit on each other, it's always out of love. If we didn't want to talk, talk, you know, we didn't talk about you because we don't care for you kind of thing. Exactly. So exactly. But, yo, Anthony, I'm glad I got to get you on here because. You were one guy I've been wanting to get since I had the podcast a long time ago. You're a big part of why I do this. You wow. know that you're my favorite singer, my, my favorite hardcore band. I tell the world that. 
Um, raw deal, not killing time, but then killing time is second. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yo, keep doing what you're doing, Anthony. Hopefully, I can see you soon in person. Definitely. And um, shout out to all the raw deal guys, everybody. You can follow Anthony. He's on you on Instagram, right? Or yeah. just Facebook. Yeah, go at him. Keep you know, keep an eye out for any upcoming raw deal killing time shows. Anything else he's gonna do new? You know, shout out to all you guys. Thanks for doing what you do. And um, we talk soon, Anthony. Thank you too, and that means a lot coming from you, an old friend and a you know great musician with a great band. And give my best to your brother and your kids and your father. Absolutely. Tell everybody, Barbara and Bubs, what's up? Tell everybody what's up, your cuz. You know, I love your family, too. You know, again, hardcore families. But um, we talk soon, bro. All right. And we out. Love you, kid. Thank you. Love you. you. Right, Peace bye. out, man. We'll talk soon, all right? <laughs>